PFL is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Did you know Tennessee ticket prices tend to drop right before the game starts? GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, then shows you all the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. More than 12 million fans have downloaded the GameTime app and discovered the fastest easiest way to get into the game you can get uh in-app panoramic seat photos from every section so you know hey this is where i'm sitting and this is where my view is so if there's a giant pole in front of you you will find that out before you hit purchase so you know you're not going to get into the stadium and be disappointed there's tickets across every major league every team uh, whatever you want to go game time can take you there it's a simple quick app easy to navigate two tap checkout that's always nice if you need to buy them in a hurry. And, of course, there's sports tickets, but you can also get tickets to music, concerts, uh, theater, whatever you want to find, Game Time can take you there. So head to the App Store, the Play Now Store, or go download Game Time and score awesome deals on last-minute tickets. Welcome to a emergency late night edition of PFL Pod for Life. I am uh, here at, still at uh, Faroe Field at uh, the University of Missouri with Joe Rexrode, my co-host. Joe, uh, not the most interesting game itself, but a very interesting cap to a season that's been turned around. Tennessee is bowling. Jerry Pruitt said after the game he believed. Uh, he told his guys he believed in them. At one and four, coming home from Florida, I think they're the only ones who believed. I have my doubts about how many players really believe they could get to this point, but they're here, and it's a it's amazing to see. Well, what do you make of, of this Tennessee turnaround at this point? We should go back and listen to the podcast we did with Andy Staples right after that <laughs> yeah, game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that, that'd be some, you know, some. Uh, what freeze at freezing cold takes or old takes exposed <laughs> stuff going on there, uh, but hey, I, I mean, hey, I I absolutely would have laughed at you or anyone who told me that we'd be here now. And you know, you mentioned a lot of interesting th- things said after the game. The post game here, you're right, was was more to me meaningful than, than the game itself. It was kind of a sloppy game. I mean, a, a, a terrific passing game for Tennessee. That's you know. That's the best part of this team right now. But sounds like those meetings, it sounds like, you know, it was a really upset Frank conversation Jeremy Pro had with his team right after the – and then it was sort of a, okay, now nah, let me put my arms around you. And they went back <laughs> to the facility, and I believe in you guys. And, you know, he said he asked for buy-in, and obviously he got it. I mean, it's uh, it's been a gradual thing, and I still don't – I wouldn't call this team great right now, but they're solid and they still make mistakes, but they play through the mistakes and they make play they make winning plays. And for this team to get to a bowl game, it's huge, I think. I think it's huge for, you know, the program. You can sell this, you get the extra practice time, all that stuff. You get a reward. Um, but it's also really to me 
a comment on, on on Pruitt and the players, but especially Jared Garantano. I mean, it's I'm sorry. I just botched his name on this great moment for him. <laughs> I, I reverted to the old Garantano. Garantano. He looked like the old Garantano tonight. Yeah, yeah he was, and he was. Yeah, I mean, it was like you, know, you you miss a swing pass, and then you hit a third and eighteen on a bullet in the seam in a tight window. But what a story, and some of the things he talked about after the game. You know. Um, you know, there's a lot of affection for him on this team. Mm-hmm. I think for me, honestly, um, and I guess it's I guess it's a symptom um, of the, uh, the the point that I think I'm, I'm I'm about to make is that more impressive I think than the results on the field. And, and granted, they do kind of go hand in hand. But the fact that Jeremy Pruitt could be at one and four um, could play a performance like they had at that Florida game. That's their that was worse than Georgia State. It was worse than Georgia State. They looked hapless in that game. That you could do that and still have that investment and keep his team. I think that more than any of the wins that I've seen, you know, individual wins, but that he kept he kept his team invested. And I think when you look at okay, how is the Jeremy Pruitt era going to play out? If you're looking for reasons for optimism, I think for him to be able to keep the team involved or invested and and still do the things that they have done over the last what seven eight weeks or whatever it is uh, in the last six games uh, is is pretty amazing and I think that uh, is is so difficult to do you know you touched on Garantano 415 yards tonight uh, 169 of those on third down 11 of 14 on third down for uh, 169 yards and two scores both his touchdowns came on third down first time in school history three receivers over 100 yards Marquez Callaway um, Juwan Jennings Josh Palmer I think more impressive than that is that that's not that impressive like all those guys just did what they do they just happened to do it all on the same night like I think doing that is amazing but the fact that like it's amazing on paper but you watch it on the game you didn't it didn't look like you were seeing like career games from any of those guys. They just kind of did what they do, and that speaks to the strength of this recruiting. I mean, of this uh, receiving unit. And so, you know, Garantano right now. You know, he mentioned after the game, he referenced death threats. That was the first time. I I can't say I'm surprised. I think I I heard plenty of the sort of vitriol toward him after the Alabama game, making two pieces of news. One that noting the death threats, his sister had gotten some uh, some, some mean messages. She also is a student at Tennessee, and basically said he's going to stay next year. I think after the Alabama game, everyone just assumed we'd seen the last of Jared Carantano in a Tennessee uniform. He was going to probably take his degree and, and be eligible immediately anywhere. And he said tonight, you know, I'm a Tennessee Vol. He was asked pretty explicitly, what's your plan for the future? And, you know, I might not take that as gospel just yet, but a pretty strong indicator that Tennessee is going to have him back next year. And, you know, I'm, I'm betting that once we get to preseason camp next year, you're probably going to have of Harrison Bailey – JT Shrout, Brian Bauer, and Garantano. I bet one of those guys is probably not in camp. Kasim Hill as well. I would probably put money on Shroud at this point. But you got a pretty good quarterback situation if he's coming back. You got a bunch of guys that can probably win you some games, and you have competition there. And as they showed this year, when you got multiple options, I mean, if they had had to throw it to somebody and, and, and hadn't gotten the production enough, they don't win South Carolina. Uh, they probably don't win. You know, a lot of those games. They've had to play that sort of carousel game and with guys are, are hurt, and, and J.T. Shroud came up big in that South Carolina game. So Tennessee's quarterback situation, very interesting. What did you make of, of you know, Garantano? His his, his uh, interviews at this point seem like they're sort of appointment viewing. Yeah, I hope they continue. 
Yeah. Please <laughs> let them continue, Tennessee. Let uh, the man speak his truth. Yeah, no, he he was great. He's been great. I mean, you know, he's he's had a sense of humor through this. He has uh, he's been very frank and <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's again, it's it's quite a story and I I'm with you on not taking the the 2020 plans as total gospel because he could still be a Tennessee Vol and still decide maybe you know that he's going to play elsewhere I mean you could still be him and look at the situation and you know you have to still assess how you're going to compete with Maurer and you're going to compete with Harrison Bailey I think that's probably what it's going to be I'm sure he has confidence but you know I mean I think you still have to step back and look there's no question he was followed up a uh, follow-up question about Tennessee fans you know still it's a lot of love and you know he was kind of like ah well you it's know hot and cold <laughs> yeah it's a fine line I mean yeah. hey man it, and, and look first of all anybody doing this by the way complete idiot and get get a hold of yourself okay now it's what a game pers- and it's teenagers yeah I mean it's just it's despicable also I don't think it's probably you know I mean it's a small number of people and that's the problem with social media you have three loudmouths on social media, and it's like the fan base is doing something. Well, yeah. maybe it's just three loudmouths on social media, but still, um, you know, we all know that it, it wasn't just isolated after the Alabama game. It was very oh, wow. widespread. Please get out of town, Jarrett. College that's shows what, were rough. After yeah, that. and that's what makes this an incredible story. I mean, it's it, the fact that he is now all of a sudden carrying this team. To, to the postseason. I mean, who, who saw that coming? And, and that takes a heck of a lot of perseverance. And I I don't think there's any doubt through all this, people are always going to say the right thing. The quarterback room's great. Everybody gets along, you know. No, look, the affection that his teammates feel for him, I think, is very genuine. And if that were not the case, then the answer tonight probably would have been like, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think that's exactly, and that was his answer to the fan question too. It's like, if it's in-house good, then I'm good, and mm-hmm. it is. And so credit to him and, and those guys for keeping him going through this. And to Jeremy Pruitt, because he's obviously been tough on him. They've had some very well-documented moments of tough love, but I don't think this gets where it is if that isn't good too. Yeah, and I, I think – you know, he's been, in my time here, the most interesting interview on the team. I, I find him pretty smart and engaging and interesting to talk to. But I think, you know, he, he was always the guy that was, you know, kind of afraid to make a mistake, afraid to fall into the depths, uh, I guess. That's probably a little overdramatic. But in general, <laughs> in general, I think the, the sentiment is true. Good word usage. There you go. That's why we get paid to write. But the, you know, he wanted to avoid making that mistake. Well, he made a bunch of mistakes this year. I think he's encountered, maybe not his worst fear, but he's encountered what he tried always not to do. He made some pretty bad mistakes, a lot in the first four games. Obviously, the Alabama game, a big one. And to me, he seems like a guy who has seen what happened, and I think he feels like a guy that, I don't know if he's renewed, but he feels like a guy that doesn't have anything to lose. He feels very, like, I feel like he's he feels very light. Um, and I think we saw that after... Uh, I guess it was the Mississippi State game whenever uh, you know he was asked about you know what the last few weeks have been like. He said, oh, it's been a dream. It's been like a fantastic experience. I've loved it. I, I think he, you know, I think it has emboldened him in some ways. I think it's hard to, uh, you know, be a quarterback in a program that is in the fishbowl like Tennessee is. 
um, because it's it's just there's no middle ground, you know. Now, like I said, I think I wrote this or, or talked about this. I mean, he could probably get elected mayor at this point, and he was getting ready to get run out of town like a month ago. And and it's that's just that's what the life is. And I think he understands that. I think you know he said that even back at media days. That's life as a quarterback. When you lose, you get way too much blame. I think that was definitely the case. And when you win, you get way too much credit. Receivers made a heck of a bunch of great plays tonight. It was a lot like the Auburn game, I think. They have faced a lot of man coverage, and Tennessee knows with those three guys they can win some one-on-ones, and they won a ton of one-on-ones tonight. They got yeah. open. They got, they jumped over guys. It was impressive. So If I wasn't rushing through my column <laughs> before driving to St. Louis and not sleeping before the uh, Titans game tomorrow, uh, I was going to look back to it. Well, how much, how much yardage did they gain on PIs? That's a good question, too. You know, like if you, if you add up for the, the 400. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> get on that. I mean, get yeah. the, you're going to do that rewatch right now, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey Joe, hang on for one minute. Long day at work, tough day at school, still stuck at the office, or maybe you're home and your sweatpants are on for the day, but if you listen to this podcast, you know you gotta aim higher than microwave leftovers and frozen pizza. Well, enter DoorDash, restaurant quality food with a living room dress code. DoorDash connects you to your favorite restaurants in your city, and ordering so easy. Open the DoorDash app. Choose what you want to eat, and your food will be delivered to you wherever you are. Not only is your favorite pizza joint already on DoorDash, but there are over 340,000 restaurants in 3,300 cities, so you might find a new favorite, too. Branch out. You know that Joe and I would be proud of you. With door-to-door delivery in all 50 states and Canada, order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national restaurants like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. Don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. The best news, right now our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code PFL. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code PFL. Don't forget, that's promo code PFL. For five dollars off your first order from DoorDash. Now back to the show. I, I think this is just uh, this is I, we've mentioned this before, but I, it's just such an interesting season because you know I thought this was about a seven. I said seven and five to start the season. Obviously, I never wavered in that. But no, I, I this felt. Yeah, like you were seven, there all along. Exactly. This felt yeah. like a seven-win team all season or all off-season. It's like. You know, the schedule is decent. You kind of have those Bama-Georgia games that you just, you're just you not in a position to win right now. Um, although they, they challenge Bama. Granted, the two injury helps. But um, anyway, and, you know, the, this the idea that this team not only could make a bowl but be 7-5 and five is just wild to me. It's been, I mean, every corner this team has surprised us. They surprised us in the last minute of BYU. I did not think they had any chance of Georgia State even really being competitive. That game surprised us. And now, obviously, maybe not the individual games themselves. We haven't seen that sort of what just happened Tennessee win. But now, you know, like I said, last year they couldn't string together two consecutive performances where you could be proud of. Now they're at, like, what, seven? Six games now? Basically, since Florida, they've put consistently uh, tape together that you can feel pretty proud of. Uh, and that for that program to go that length of, of, of progress or make that kind of progress in such a short time and almost flip the switch after the Florida game, it, it's a it's a it's been unbelievable to see. Yeah, and and again, it's it, it's not like they've become this machine of efficiency and perfection. I mean, 
you got two missed field goals. You know, you've got the fumble. I think if, if Jordan doesn't fumble early fourth quarter, that game probably is put away much earlier. Yeah, they look like they're going to shut the door. Yeah. That's followed by a Sean Shamburglar. Shamburglar. I mean, I'm, hey, listen, it's, <laughs> it's like, late, guys. Yeah, it's something a, It's something AM right now. Uh, Shamburger, uh, personal foul. You know, he, of course Kelly Bryant sold it, but you can't give him the opportunity. Yeah. And Jerry Pruitt was very, very upset about that on the sideline. Garantano takes a sack. I mean, a lot of these things, and it, it was looking like um, they're they're you know they're headed toward this blown game, which I thought the Kentucky game kind of felt the same yeah, way. It definitely did. And in both cases, they make winning plays. I mean, that's hey, what what more do you want? They've you just know? made enough plays to win, and they've kept on doing it. And and I mean, this team's grown up a lot. I, I think you know not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but I think Tennessee, if you go seven and five, you win a bowl game. You're going to be dealing with a little bit of offseason. I don't know if hype is the right word, but certainly some aggressive optimism, I guess. Tennessee last in the SEC East for each of the last two seasons. They're guaranteed to finish third now behind Georgia and Florida, two top ten teams. They're two games clear of, of South Carolina with one game left for themselves. It's it's pretty amazing um, that this team has, has gotten this far and, and did it after, obviously, the start that they had. I just think you can't say enough about – what we've seen and this is a checkpoint along the way I wrote a little bit about this you know if they beat Vanderbilt and, and again I'm saying if I mean I, I think when is more is more <laughs> accurate than if but you know it's a rivalry game we'll see what happens but you know Pruitt can be 4-0 this year against you know the, the four SEC East teams that Tennessee should be ahead of um, you know that's happened one time since Missouri joined the league it was the peak of Butch Jones tenure the, the 2015 season you know and before even Missouri, you know, during this this down period for Tennessee, a lot more losses to those teams than you'd like. They went fifty and four, you know, against the trio of South Carolina, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, from like ninety two to Kiffin's first season. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, Fulmer was like undefeated against those teams for like twelve years in a row. I mean, so that you know, that's it's a checkpoint to me. That's where you get there. Be, be better than them. Be consistently better than them. Beat them. You know, then you start looking at, because still at this point, Pruitt is 0-4, and it's, I think, 162-50 to 50 against Florida and Georgia. And that's next, and that's a, a tougher. Mm-hmm. But this is important to get to this. And, you know, it's one time, but I'm with you. Yes, there's going to be too much hype. But also, I've got to think that there are benefits here on the recruiting trail. Go back to that podcast with with Andy after the Florida game, and he made a good point. Like, you know, you, at Tennessee, you can sell playing time right now and all that, and like the new coaching staff. But the guys that you want, they they're not they're like they're like I'm starting wherever I go, so yeah. I want to win, you know. And so you you've got to have results. You got to be armed with that. And we thought at that time, what what's he selling now? He's not gonna he's gonna have this terrible season, and and how's that gonna go? Well. That's changed, and that is very important. You can sell culture and buy-in right now, too, which is really interesting. And, and you know, that after that Florida game, there's all the chatter about Phil Fulmer's going to take over and all, all this stuff. And, you know, Tennessee has <laughs> done this, uh, you know, in, in, in a lot of interesting ways. I mean, they're now 4-3 and three as an underdog this season. Tennessee hasn't been uh, – Above 500 as an underdog. More than, since 1993, they did it in 98. They were 3-0 when they won the national championship. They did it in 2004 when they won 10 games. And this team. And mm. if they beat Vanderbilt, 
in year two, Jeremy Pruitt with this roster will have equaled Butch Jones' best season in the SEC at five and three. I want to see if you, of course, you and I, neither of us were covering this team through the duration of this, but yes. you know, I said, I mean, this is, this will be if they continue with this, because you know, you lose a Vanderbilt, and it's like, ah, oh, what did you do? What are you doing, right? But if this continues and they finish with two more wins, I think I think it's safe to say best coached Tennessee season since Lane Kiffin's only year. I think that's yeah. I think that's a pretty you know because even Butch's best year, 2015, they had two games that they had no business losing, or or at least his coaching in that game played a big role in them losing two you know against really good teams, Oklahoma and a decent Florida team, but. Um, you know that I mean that that's significant. There are a lot of bad coaching seasons in there, so you got to keep that perspective. But still, you know it's it's promising to to all of a sudden to, to get where they are now. And like you said, you know buy-in. I think sometimes it's overrated with the whole like, will they play for this coach or that coach? I mean, it's, there's you know it's it's not that simple, but people do tune tune out coaches. And people do lose faith in coaches if they don't think they're doing a good job in game and on the sidelines and all that. And uh, so, obviously, Jeremy Pruitt kept this ship together, and now they got some reward. Finally, how much do you think it matters that if they win eight games, probably should have been ten? How much do you think Tennessee fans care about? Yeah, well, I think that's, you know, people talk about that, and it's true. But, you know, the thing about that is, David – First of all, like, would they even – I mean, I think they're probably going to get the Gator Bowl if they beat Vanderbilt. I guess there's a chance they get, like, the Outback Bowl. Like, would they have had a chance even then to be, like, in a New Year's, New Year's Six Bowl? I don't know that they would have. I don't know if it's more about the bowl as much as just hanging that double digit. Yeah, the double sure. Double digit is meaningful. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Um, but it also still, like – where they want to get is they want to win. They want to they want to be in Atlanta, right? Yeah. So I mean, yes, you're right. A ten win season sounds good, and it would exceed anything Butch did. Um, and, and you can rue those games, but I think if they get to eight, it's almost like a it's it's a special eight, mm-hmm. you know, because yeah. the uh, the the two that you didn't get easily could have sent the whole thing into a in a final. And, not, Four to, and eight. not to get into too many alternate realities, but if they beat Georgia State and they beat uh, BYU, are they as, I don't know if motivated is the right word, but do they get on this run? It's a fair question, I think. I don't know. I think, that, I think that, that anger that was there after the Florida game, is it the same level of, we got to get our stuff together, is it the same level if they're sitting there at, what, what would they have been, three and two? No, I, I honestly. You, you, I don't know. Yeah, we'll never know. You will never know, it, it, but it is a fair thing to bring up. It really is because sometimes you do. You have to get to a certain thing to sort of refocus and re-energize. And if you're sort of like, okay, bouncing along, maybe you take an L somewhere where it's not like this desperation feel. Yeah, yeah. I like alternative reality stuff. There you but. go. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in. This Can we stop of, time this, and this sleep? E- this episode of Fringe. Uh, <laughs> appreciate you guys tuning in uh, for this uh, delirious late-night sore-throated episode of PFL. You don't want to talk food? We actually ate meals together. We, we can save it for next we'll, time. Uh, We'll get to it eventually. I think we're both about to die this evening. So. We did eat some good food, though. We did. We'll we tell did. you all about it later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, it's been a fun season. We'll be here uh, 
talking about it as long as it's going and, and beyond that. But now the season extended by at least a month, a little bit longer. So thanks again. Uh, like us, rate us, review us, subscribe, all that good stuff on iTunes. It only helps the show. And uh, that will do it for this week's episode. Tune in. we got a special episode for subscribers this week, so keep an eye out for that. It's Thanksgiving week, but uh, The Athletic, we don't rest. We are, uh, we are in the business for the subscribers, which is hopefully you guys. So thanks again for listening. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys again very, very soon. Mm-hmm.